How's it going, homeowners? This is the Miko. Enrico. Podcast. I'll go in. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, today we got a special guest. We got a retailer. He sells homes. Yes, sir. And he is a coach, too, the quarterback coach. Yep, I'm a coach for high school football. Alright. JD. How you doing? Good, guys. How are you? Doing pretty good. It's great to have you here, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me out. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a good time. You guys take care of this food and drink, too. So You want to tell them what we're eating and drinking? BBY Chicken, homegrown, Dixie, Illinois, and some Bud Light lemonade. Good old fashioned. Uh, I don't know if it's old fashioned, but it's, <laughs> it's obviously not old fashioned, but I like it a lot. So. I've never had it. Let's try it. I've never had it. Either. It's actual Bud Light. They just brew with lemon peels. So it's actually oh, that's not bad. a little lemony taste with that. Bud Light, so it's kind of nice. This is actually delicious. This is actually pretty good. I, I, I've had a Bud Light lime. Um, yeah, this is kind of a similar concept. Um, but it's not like obviously the seltzers or any of those things. It's like actual lemonade. So Do you like the seltzers at all? Yeah, seltzers are mad. I mean, I like them. They're not, you know, they're not as spilling, obviously. But. I, if I, you know, if I, um, I like beer, so I mean, if you know, you get something with a little bit of the taste of the seltzer type taste, but then you get the Bud Light too, so it's kind of good. Ooh, yeah, I like their, uh, their, what is it, cranberry, their cranberry, their sherry one. The, the no, I know what you're talking about. I had that the other night, and uh, I killed about uh, three of those. <laughs> In the variety pack, of course, there's only three. I killed about three of those. Oh, the yeah. seltzer. Yeah, the seltzer. The seltzer yeah. Oh yeah, forgot to tell you. Um, when you eat. Cover your mic up because sometimes they'll like it'll take it off. I'm gonna turn that TV down too. Oh. Um, yeah. As always, we got Camden Dame producer here also. Same drink. All right. So um. We went in chronological order from high school to now. I mean, if we're gonna do that. So good question. Middle school, did you ever play football in middle school? Like, how was that? How did you get into football? Yeah, so I um, got into football a lot when I was growing up. My grandpa was a big football guy. I was a big fan of the game um, growing up. We used to actually call him Grandpa Go Bears because he's a big Bears fan. Um, so I actually started in third grade, played NYTF um, growing up. But I was on the bigger side, so I would play with my age group, but I actually played with the age group higher. Because I got tall pretty quickly. Now obviously I'm tall, like as, as an adult, but I was tall as a child, right? Pretty tall, pretty quickly. So um, played like linebacker, you know, defensive type stuff. Obviously, that age you don't actually have a position that you're actually skilled at. You're just kind of where you're at based on your size. Coming into fifth grade, I did play football. Obviously, um, they actually gave you your numbers in fifth grade based on your size, and so I got to number 44, thinking like. He's going to be a tight end or a linebacker or something because he's, you know, five, whatever, and 130 pounds or better. So as a fifth grader. And um, so I did that, but then I ended up actually playing quarterback um, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in middle school, I didn't play quarterback. For the first two years, I was number 44, which I kind of thought was funny. Um, but then switched to number seven, obviously, after that. But irrelevant in terms of numbers. But, yeah, I started football um, in the, in third grade. So I've been playing or played for quite a while. So um, you played through high school, and I remember I remember a lot of times. Uh, I remember when I was in eighth grade, you were starting varsity. I thought. Well, you're, you're younger than me, correct? Yeah. So that would be my first year. So yeah. I didn't start varsity my first year. 
Um, I played on the sophomore team. There weren't a lot of sophomores ahead of us. So as a freshman, mm -hmm. sophomore team did not have a lot of kids in the class. Mm -hmm. um, but I played the sophomore team. I did get to dress for the last couple varsity games as a freshman. That's all I did. Um, now, ironically enough, I did get in one play against Sterling my freshman mm -hmm. year. Freezing cold, my hands are you know been shaking the whole game. It's like right at the end of the season, like we get nine probably. I get in, it's like a two yard line, and my hands are frozen. I gotta get on the center, and the freshman is huge dudes cross the line, <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. And I snapped it, and I dropped the snap, fumbled it. I don't know, I can't remember if we recovered or not. I don't know at all, but I think I only had to go off the one play because the two guys that were ahead of me at the time, one was a senior, one was a junior, and um, the one had gotten. I don't know if he didn't get a concussion, but he did something. And the other one got a bloody nose, so I had to go in for the play that he had the bloody nose. And I'm like, I guess this ain't gonna be good. I'm freshman, my hands been cold, I'm freezing. So yeah, I did play one play, varsity-wise, my freshman year. Um, other than that, it was um, just sit on the sideline for varsity, obviously, because I only dressed for a couple games. But uh, I still thought it was pretty cool, you know, being a freshman and stuff like that. But um, played the sophomores primarily freshman year. But I started as a sophomore. Yeah. So Awesome. And then, did you play basketball too your freshman year? I played basketball my freshman year. Um, played. Yep, so I played basketball my freshman year. Sorry, I was recollecting my thoughts. Um, played basketball my freshman year. We had a total of, I'd say, 15 guys in the entire program. Um, there came a point, because Dixon basketball yeah. had fallen off the map for a while. Um, there came a point when, and I was coaching me his first year, yeah. that came a point where. We had only four guys that could play during the summer camp in Rock Island. We had five dudes total. One guy did something or fouled out or something. So we were playing a four-man zone against five players in Rock Falls. Or, at Rock, or against Rock Falls in Rock Island. We were playing, I remember it specifically, um, you know, playing the 2-2 two -two defense zone because we didn't have five guys to play. And I think our fifth guy, we had to, like, wake him up and drag him out of bed to begin with. So people weren't oh, showing up for basketball that first year. Obviously, you know how it is now. Coach Meet turned that program from night to day. Um, but, yeah, that first year was pretty rough. We dressed all the varsity games. The freshmen, just because we didn't have numbers, um, it was pretty bad. I didn't really play, obviously, varsity-wise. But, it, you know, it was just pretty intense um, with the amount of numbers that we had. Um, so, yeah, freshman year-wise. Okay. Well, we'll just take a couple of bites and oh, <laughs> we'll take over for real quick. Mm -hmm. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're just shooting questions right off the bat. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> but, um, so, Nico, was it yesterday you closed on your house? No, actually I didn't. We got to back again. Another week? Yeah. What's going on? I don't know, just stuff. It did, like, so the offer we had, it appraised for less than the offer. Okay. So there's discrepancy on that point. Mm -hmm. So it's just trying to meet the, hopefully the homeowners beat us somewhere to just not have us overpay for a house and have a negative equity in the house. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah, I got a lot to look because right now this is just temporary. Where I'm at. This is my girlfriend's house. And, um, we're actually going to do a rent-to-own at the other place, and that's almost done. Uh, all that has to get left, all that has to get done now is the bathroom just has to get hooked everything up, and then the microwave has to get put in, and then we start moving in, hopefully sometime next week. And um, that will be the new hot spot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you're saying about your house, um, 
the appraisal came in less than the agreed to price, correct? Majorly. Majorly? Majorly. So what did you guys, did you guys just, did you, did you offer an asking price or was there like multiple bids or what happened? No, basically, so the house started at 180000 Yep. They dropped it ten grand. Then we offered one fifty, and they took one sixty. So they took one fifty, one sixty on a one eighty house. Yeah. Listing wise, and then appraised for basic one forty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's what it's. It's like. Okay. What kind of lending do you have? Conventional financing. Anybody? You know specifically? R A or R D. Uh, I think R D. R D. Development. Yeah. So that one. Um, they created that program, and I shouldn't want to talk too much about this because I want to sound smart when I don't actually know all the details. Um, <laughs> I'm not a lender. This is just going through there. Um, but they created that to try to get people to move into communities and build rural areas up. Um, so they kind of created those programs to kind of get people with you know little to no money down, right? Because I don't know what your program would be in terms of I don't even know if you want to say it, but any RD loans, you can get anywhere from 100% loan, no money down, to 3%, to 5%, um, anywhere in that area. So people can buy a home with little to no money down. Um, so it's really advantageous. But the problem is, it's government loan. So the government's going to make sure the home's in good stature. You know, you can't have failing paint. You've got to have railings and all the staircases. you got to have this. you got to have that. Um, the other thing is, you know, they're going to make sure that the home appraises for what you're going to purchase it. And that's the one problem is, is if you agree to purchase the home for a price that's higher than the appraisal value, you only have three options. One, the home seller, like you said, drops the price to the appraised value so that you get the lending. Mm -hmm. Two, you pay the difference in the home, and then you are, like you said, basically in negative equity at the point. Um, or three, you get to walk away because it didn't appraise so much. So it's just kind of, it's weird, but it kind of protects you as a consumer too. It's kind of strange to say that the home is listed for 180000 when it's only appraised for 140000 so. Yes. I, I mean, I'm not talking bad about anything. You I know, just, it's kind of surprising. You know, after when I looked appraisal over, it made a ton of sense, actually. I'm like, well, they have a really good point as to, like, the home's value. Yeah. Because if you look at, like, comparables. Comparables, yeah. It's right in that mark. Like, okay. right in there. Yeah, that makes sense to me, though. I mean, that obviously you're going to have to hold things back because normally in the contract, you know, it says, hey, you got to have appraisal done by this date so we can commit to financing by said date mm -hmm. so we can close out by said date. And on the contract, it says, you know, if there's any issue with the appraisal, you that are then able to bring it up to the sellers. So on the seller's budget, are they saying anything? It's been like, like two days. Have you guys told them, obviously, what they're oh, yeah. for? Mm -hmm. Or did they, did they say anything? They actually say anything. I know, that's what I think about saying, like, I'd be kind of mad as a home seller, I'll be honest with you guys. If somebody's telling me that I can sell this home for something, I'd give them hopes up that I'm also going to pay for less something that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I won't say any numbers, I won't say names or details, but I had a home that was for sale, uh, had a bunch of offers. That's why I asked if you had a bunch yeah. of offers on it or anything, because no. had a bunch of offers on it, right? And so the, the, they ended up bidding for it. So basically, multiple offers higher than even asking price. And um, what ended up happening was. They agreed to a price, they accepted a price above asking price, above what we listed for, because that was who the highest bidder was. We figured, you know what, you know, there possibly might be a discrepancy of price based on appraisal, but we'll find out when it comes. I warned them, I said, hey, you know, this price is pretty high compared to what we were asking for, like, just be careful that it doesn't, it ended up appraising right at what we were asking for originally. So, the it's kind of a sneaky way to do it sometimes if you're a 
agent working for a buyer yeah. in terms of getting into a bidding war, you, if you think you're pretty confident in what the home's value is, you could technically offer them a bunch more and more mm -hmm. in terms of saying like, you got a hundred thousand dollar house. I'm pretty confident it's going to break a hundred thousand and a bunch of people are going to bid it at a hundred thousand. You know, you're going to, you could offer them 120 just to get the contract and just hoping fingers crossed that the home only appraises for that. But it's kind of a sneaky way to do it because one, your buyer's going to get pinned with it if it does appraise for 120. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to now again, there's peace of mind that the home's worth 120, so you're paying 120, but you could have gotten cheaper. Um, but then the other thing is you kind of just, I don't like that approach because it's kind of in dishonest, I guess yeah. you'd say, because like you're off from 120, but you don't ever mean to uh, pay 120 because if it appraises for 100, you're going to say, hey, home sellers, I'm only going to give you 100 for this. But you offered me 120. Yeah, well, the appraisal said it, so sorry. You know, so, I mean, it's just kind of a, I get it, it's just working the system. But that's why I was curious if there's bids, but if there's no bids, it's kind of a unique situation. Like yeah, that. the thing is, like, because I figured they started when he, I figured it is at least appraisal one sixty. you know what I mean? Right. That's 20000 off your asking price. I figured you put a little over asking now. Oh, like, yeah, you usually, appraisals usually are pretty decent about being remotely close to the mm -hmm. agreed to price or asking price and so forth as long as it's actually, you know, the prices come up with based on actual real comparables and so forth. Oh, yeah. That's why I, when I looked at the appraisal, it looked dead on, actually. I was like, I mean, actually, the appraiser actually probably gave it a little extra value. Right? Like, huh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it happens. So, mm -hmm. did the appraiser say there's anything issues with the property that he was going to have to address? No. no, they just said the value is less. Yeah, they just compared to the houses in the area. Hmm. Fire cemetery. It's an actual, it's actually the like 3217. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Cool. I don't know if you know that house. That's well, I don't know. If, I mean, if you want to throw them a person in the bus or whatever. I actually don't. I know their name, I just don't know the name. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not a bad area, though, so. It could be if it's the right home of course, so there's a lot of variables. Of course. Better factors, drives, room, the age of it, so forth. So. No, because there's a <clears throat> there's a house I cleaned in I don't know, a couple weeks back and I looked it up on Zillow. I don't know how accurate Zillow is and stuff, but it says that they were selling it for two hundred and seventy thousand. Well Which Zillow if they're if it's actually listed the price on Zillow is correct. <clears throat> Because it comes from the it comes from the MLS, so the MLS thinks to Zillow and Realtor and all those things. So like if it's actually listed, mm -hmm. it's now there's a difference. There, Zillow has this thing called the Zestimate, which is like you can look at any home on Zillow and it'll mm -hmm. tell you what its approximate price is based on age and mm -hmm. size and scope and so forth, and based on the market in this area. Yeah, it'll say, hey, yeah, this house is off the market currently, but it's like you can pull a Zestimate on this house right now. Mm -hmm. But Zestimates, I've seen reports that say Zestimates could be off by 7%. Oh, so, like, there's no people be like, oh, Zillow says my home's worth this. No, 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 It's not. But it can also go the other way. Zillow say my home's only worth this. Like, no, no, it's okay. It's, you know, you're, you're good. Like, <laughs> Zillow can really screw stuff up sometimes. They have these cool algorithms, but yeah. I don't think it always works perfectly because it is just a computer, mm -hmm. you know, trying to value out a house when you can't take anything or everything into account. I guess I've heard that. There are certain programs that like literally scan, like when a home's actually listed and there's like 30 plus pictures, it'll actually like scan the photos and like determine if the home's worth what the photos are appearing to be. Like, so like it'll say like, oh yeah, this house looks nice because of the photos. Like somehow, I don't know how a computer could ever determine something like that. So it's kind of crazy. That is amazing if that's a real thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Especially, especially pictures. Well, they have this thing nowadays where people can come into your house and, uh, 
if they're gonna measure something, they'll put it on a tripod, put it right in the middle of your room, and they'll have a camera and they'll spin all the way around. They'll take exact measurements, it has a laser on it, so it tells you if there's a dip in there, dip out, window, and everything. Because there was a house over there. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it is. He spent like $500 on it. <laughs> My boss was like, holy cow, $500? It was like, I think we'll pay for itself. Right. But it was like a, <laughs> an, uh, an adjuster that had it. Because it was like after uh, fire damage. Yeah, I got you. Minutes, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen like the ones where we got like laser, like realtors use like laser pointers mm-hmm. that measure. And you put up against the wall and just click it and measure it. Off. And those are almost perfect. So I mean, like, that's not handy, but I never thought about it. Yeah. Pretty wild. <laughs> pretty cool too, actually. <laughs> I used to have one of those, and then someone took it out of my, my carpet van, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess I don't need that anymore." <laughs> so, um, all right. So back to football, real quick. We yep. got, got sidetracked. Side yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's what we're here for. So, um, your senior year. Yep. Did you? Um, I know you went to North Central and played. Yep. Did I don't know? Did you ever get? A, did you get an offer, or did you have to go over the walkout, or? Okay, so hmm, we're gonna open up a can of worms here real quick and kill the conversation. Um, college process, my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. was far from average or normal. Um, I don't know what I was doing or what was going through my head, um, but I was doing a lot of different things and considering a lot of different options. Um, you know, you get all the local schools that mm-hmm. always are talking to you. You know, all the local Division three schools and so forth. But I didn't know for sure what I wanted to do. Um, I went on and visited actually a lot of different things. I was considering military academies for a while, you know, like Navy, um, stuff like that. Because I had a cousin that went to Navy in mm-hmm. Annapolis and graduated from there. And he's a, you know, ranking officer in the military. And all the honors that come along with going to a military school and so forth. Um, for, you know, free tuition, you know, government benefits and all that stuff. Um, but then I was also looking at, you know, like I was considering one time maybe running track at like an Ivy League school. Didn't know if I wanted to do that. I didn't end up having enough on my ACT to even do that, so I'll admit that straight up. They said, yeah, you just got to bump your ACT two points and you can come here, but I didn't bump it the two points because I never took it again. Um, so, it, you know, it, it, there was things that I was considering, and I don't know what I was doing and my, where my thought process was, but ended up that I actually, it's called an offer, and I don't want to say it's an offer because it's not an actual scholarship in terms of my athletics, um, but I was going to play football. I got a roster spot, what they call it. And a lot of people, you'll see even Division three people saying, oh, I got an offer from North Central oh, yeah. or Aurora or wherever. They can't offer you. They, it's not an offer. An offer is when you're getting a scholarship offer for athletics when you are getting money for your athletics. Mm-hmm. Division three athletics cannot pay you towards athletics. They might be able to figure out ways to work for your academic stuff, but when they offer you, they're not offering you anything. They're just saying, hey, you come be on my team. Come pay us a bunch of money, and you can be a part of things. Like, Oh, you're not getting any benefit. The only time you're getting is when you're getting an actual scholarship. So where I'm trying to cycle back is yeah. um, I had gotten an offer, mm-hmm. a roster spot offer, because, again, it's not athletic yeah. money, at Butler University um, in Indianapolis. So they're Division One, 2A. So, but they're in um, what's called the Patriot League, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so they're with, like, Drake and um, some of those other schools, but they don't offer um, athletic scholarships. You know, they don't have so it's Division One AA, but they're not. Um, it's FCS, so like you know, like some of the smaller Division One schools, um, but they don't offer athletic money. So while I got an offer, I didn't actually get an offer because it's not actually a, a 
money. Um, so I had agreed with them. I committed, I guess you'd say, to playing at um, Butler as a wide receiver. I was going to you know, study business and so forth in Indianapolis. Pending, and I told them this, pending that I didn't get accepted into the one of the military academies that I applied for. Mm-hmm. So I applied for Annapolis, maybe, and I applied for um, the United States Merchant Marine Academy, which was another um, federal service academy. So it's just along with you know Coast Guard, Merchant Marines, Navy, Army, Air Force. You've heard of all of those, yeah. in the, you know, the schools. Um, all of them, you you go there. Government pays for everything. You graduate as a you know commissioned officer in the military based on what branch you're in or what school you go to. Because if you're Army, you're Army, Navy, Navy, you know Coast Guard, Coast Guard. But the unique unique thing about the Merchant Marines was you could choose to go into any of the three branches uh, or four if you include the Marines. Um, even though it's kind of a subsection of the Navy, um, you could choose to go into any of those as a commissioned officer from the Merchant Marine Academy. Or the other option, which is unique to that school, was you would then um, you could enlist as a reserve officer in the any of the military branches, and then you were an officer in the maritime industry, which is basically like you're working on like maritime ships. So it's like trucking, but in the ocean, right? So you're yeah. captaining a big, huge, you know, ships that have all those cargo containers on them, yeah. um, way out in the middle of the ocean and doing some of that stuff, or working in ports and so forth. And um, the, them and Coast Guard were Division Three. The Merchant Marines and Coast Guard were Division Three. So um, I'll jump on one thing first. Navy got turned down because of my knee that I had surgery on in January of senior year. So it was too close of a time frame. They didn't like it. There was no need because everyone, you know, like barely anyone gets in. It's like a any of the military camps is like a 3% event rate. So, like, you have to be the tip top of everything to get into any of them. Um, but Navy has so many people, they just obviously don't need to deal with some of that. Knee problems and everything of the sort. Um, so, didn't get into Navy, but Merchant Marines did accept me. I think it helped because I was going to probably contribute as a football player at that school more because obviously it's Division three. Um, I wasn't going to play football Navy. I would have ran track. Um, yeah. I would have launched it. But um, it's a football ability-wise. I would have contributed to the Merchant Marine, so it probably helped push me through a little bit more, smaller school and so forth. So I did actually get in. So I didn't end up going to Butler. My idea was I was going to go to the Merchant Marine. So I was going to either enlist as an officer full-time, active duty in the Navy, or I was going to be a reserve officer while serving in the maritime industry, you know, working with ships. So my idea was I was going to get into securities and work in, like, a port, you know, like, port side. So I didn't have to be out on on the boats in the ocean, like, 240 days out of 360. Like, I did not want to be out there on the boat with, like, a crew of 10 dudes. Come to find out, and I'm not pointing fingers at nobody. I messed up myself. But once I got there, I'm starting to go through their, what they call boot camp, in dock, whatever. Um, I was learning that there's a big shortage of crewmen out in the seas and stuff. So, like, everyone, when you graduate, you're going to end up being out in the ocean doing ships and stuff. And and I could have just gone actively military instead. But I was, you know, more and more I'm coming to these realizations of what I wanted to do with my life, not sure what I was to do. I never grew up being this kid that was like, oh, I'm going to be military, or I, I'm going to, I want to sail and be on boats and do all this crazy stuff. I just kind of did it because I was kind of caught up in the uh, idea, the fantasization of, you know, honor and this whole awesome, like, being different than the rest by going to a military academy instead of just a normal school or, you know, getting my school I paid for and making a bunch of money. If you graduate from that school, you make six figures right away, like immediately. So, I mean, like, there's all kinds of cool stuff from there. And so I'm just thinking, like, all these things got, got caught up in the thought process. I never really thought about, am I happy? 
or do I want to do this, or is this what I want to do or be? And so when I'm talking to all these kids while I'm there during boot camp, getting to know these people, they all grew up wanting to like sail or be out in the oceans, or they grew up in military families or something. Like, no, not everybody. Some people just decided that on their own. But I felt like I was an outlier in terms of my mentality. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I belong there from an academic standpoint. I, you know, physically I was fine, but like mentally I just wasn't all fully there. Um, so I actually ended up. I, I had made this thought process by the time I like come to Jesus moment. I started talking to the preacher there, and I'm like, look, man, I just don't think this is like speaking to me. Like I'm not supposed to be here. Um, but this is halfway through their boot camp indoc, whatever you want to call it, indoctrination, short for. Um, so I said, I'm going to finish this indoctrination. I've committed to doing this. I'm going to finish this. But I'm going to go home afterwards, and I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise that everything. So this is it ends in sometime in July. So I'm you know I get one phone call every. Two weeks or so with my parents. You know, it was a it was a four five week process, and I got a phone call after the first two weeks, and then one maybe once a week after that or something. Um, and I was talking to them, writing letters and stuff, and we just decided that I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to go to soft probably and transfer or something. Um, my parents were then scrambling to figure out what I can do, you know, without going to, not without going to soft, but just trying yeah. to figure out so I can go and play sports and do those things. Um, and then it ended up that it was actually cheaper to go to North Central right away or some somewhere like North Central, who I visited. Ironically enough, I visited North Central the fall before that and visited Dane Sheline, who was a year ahead of me, as because he went there, and I was just visiting with Dane just because, you know, I was like, oh, it could be a backup. You know, I'll check out North Central just in case anything happens. Turns out I could go to North Central, and um, actually it'd be cheaper for me to go to North Central all four years than it would have been to go to soft for two years and then pay for North Central as a transfer for two years. Because as a transfer, transferring in North Central fees were higher than when I could get a scholarships going to North Central all four years. So I ended up going to North Central all four years because they still honored that in like July come August. They were still ready to honor me um, to be able to uh, you know go to North Central and do those things. And so I just kind of went with it. Like just signing off the cup. I barely visited the place one time. Um, I hadn't done my due diligence to visit a bunch of places because I had made my mind up on the Butler or the Military Academies pretty early on. So I really hadn't jumped on anything. And so that's where I really screwed up. So this is kind of rerouting where I ended up at North Central was like I kind of ended up there in accident. And uh, nothing against North Central. I, you know, there's tons of great things about it, and I love the guys and the relationships I made. Everything about it, I wouldn't change it for anything. But I never like just said, hey, yeah, I want to go to North Central. Like North Central's the place to be. Yeah. I didn't choose that. I kind of let the path kind of made me and my choice for me. Um, but it all worked out in the end, obviously. Um, but I ended up since I went to North Central, I said. What can I do to save me the most amount of money since I, not screwed up, but decided to make this whole life-changing thing in terms of my expenses for college? So then I said, I'm going to graduate in three years. I'm not going to be here this four years. So I graduated North Central. Um, I studied. I got two different, I have one degree, but it's two different majors. Um, but I graduated in three years, kind of utilized some summer schooling stuff. The fact that they're on trimesters, I can manipulate my schedule. And I overloaded here and there and was able to graduate um, in three years with my degree. And then injuries and everything brittled my college career, so I didn't play a whole ton anyways and so forth. It just kept nagging my knee. I had three surgeries total on it. You know, I tore the ligament in my elbow my junior year. I've had different injuries, but my knee was nagging me my freshman year. Didn't really play. Sophomore year, I got back to it, but I was still just getting normal. And then senior year, I start, or I call it my junior year, my third year. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to play some, contributing on special teams and so forth. But I just, my legs weren't under me. I wasn't as strong. I wasn't as quick and agile. So, like, I couldn't contribute on offense or defense or anything. So, I was a big special teams guy. 
where I beat up my elbow and stuff, and I was having pec problems, shoulder problems, and just injuries that were just nagging forever. So I said, you know what? It's probably a good time that I can just graduate three years and I'll come back to football season. I can just be done after the three. So um, ran track and did football for the three years I was there. They're getting minus the injuries that I missed freshman year. Um, graduated with my business degree and came back home. Wow, that was, that was welcome holy, to the welcome to the show, man. Holy cow, <laughs> that was a that was honestly that was like I was so caught. I could write a story was, about. I was like, holy cow! I was like, wow, really? It was like I never do any of that. I never do any. It was like holy. It was just like one day ball that just blew up in my mind. And I was like, holy, I holy like, shit! I mean, holy <laughs> shit! Passion one too. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, so. uh... <laughs> Let's we'll take let's we'll eat because damn that was like holy crap that um, was a story that was that's not like I was really intrigued and I was like oh what's, what else is gonna happen I was like oh so yeah I like, ended up at a school that I didn't mean <laughs> to be at initially no love against them I love those guys I love all the relationships I made but I didn't intend to be there <laughs> and I didn't intend to do what I did kind of looked like an Indian I'm sure because I people made a big stink about me going to this military thing and doing all this honorable stuff, and then I kind of was a failure at that, so I had a guilt feeling for quite a while. Um, but I was like, what can I do to become successful in my own way? What can I do to enjoy what I do, but still be successful in my own definition instead of going this route and being miserable? Because the one thing I didn't talk about was when I was during that in-doc, we met with the football coach. Oh, really? And I don't, I'm not gonna say names, I'm not gonna point fingers, I don't know where this ever goes, and I don't, I don't want to say anything, but my personality and his personality just didn't end up meeting up. When in the recruiting process, obviously coaches talk a lot of smack. Not smack, but they talk a lot yeah. of good stuff. They like to bring in, they like to talk about blah, blah, blah. Make it feel real nice and warm and fuzzy. I show up. We meet with him the first time, and he goes, look, the next four years are going to be hell for you. You're going to, you know, you're going to hate your life. But guess what? You're going to school for free. And you're going to graduate and make a ton of money. And so I step back and say, because, like, I loved my high school. I loved, like, the age that I was in, like, enjoying all the experiences that I had. Am I really sacrificing the next four years of my life just to go to school for free and make some money? Like, am I going to be miserable just to do that? Or can I figure out this, how, to, how can I do this myself my own way? And so it kind of became this own intrinsic motivator to, like, do my own thing and figure out my own way. And that's kind of where it led me to real estate on the side of the teaching thing is like, what can I do to be create my own freedom while enjoying what I do and being with my family and everything? Because I didn't want to be, I never wanted to be on the ship to begin with, you know, 75% of the time out of the year, being away from family, being away from everything. My family means everything to me. I would miss, looking back on it, I would have, there's no way it would have. And I know God intended it to be the way because I would have missed on so many things from, you know, birthdays and different events and family members passing away even, to, you know, happy memories, to, you know, so many different things that led me to where I'm at today that, um, you know, it just would have never been if I would have stayed there. And so, like, obviously it was all meant to be and it all worked out. But I would just, in that moment when he was saying those things, I was like, this isn't what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm not for this. Like, I'm trying to be my own way. So then I went home, and that's why I said I'm going to graduate in three years. I'm going to figure out what I'm doing. And then when I started to get this calling for teaching, I said, great, I'll be a teacher. But then I thought, you know, teaching long-term, long-term teachers, you can make a lot of good money. But I'm not trying to just be satisfied with, you know, a salary position at when a teacher gets paid and just live, move my life as an average, you know, whatever. And I don't mean that by any slight to anyone at all. Like, a lot of people are comfortable that way. But I had 
the lifestyle that I want to lead and I want to be able to control my own life, my own future. So I want to create financial freedom, financial security. What can I do that? What kind of engine or motor could I use on the side of teaching something that's solid, secure, guaranteed paycheck, you enjoy it, you get time off, you know, you work half the year. I take that back, teachers, don't get mad at me, don't actually work half the year, but you get what I'm saying. It's 180 days that you're contracted to work, so I actually do the math, it's literally half the year. Um, so you get weekends, you get holidays, you get summers and everything. I thought, you know, what a better way to do something than to be able to do that and then be able to create additional income somewhere else. And what can I do to create additional income on my own? Real estate. You know, what creates financial wealth long-term for a lot of people that are getting the business? What do 90% of all millionaires, billionaires do in the world? They dabble in real estate. So... I'm going to get to know real estate by being an agent. I'm going to make money. I'm going to grind because I can do it on my own time. But then eventually my goal is that I want to get into actually investing and doing all the things that make rich people rich. And so that's kind of the intro that I've gotten by doing it this way. So. Wait, real estate, you only do it on your own time? I thought it was like, you know, you work from like eight hours a day to five days a week. I don't know. It's so real estate, you don't. Real estate, you are an independent. You are 1099. So you get paid and you pay your own taxes and everything. I am a solo escort. Um, so while I work under the firm of the brokerage of Remax Rock Valley, um, I am a completely a solo entity. I work when I want to work and I make money. I only get paid on commissions for when I sell home or buy home or help with somebody buy home. So if I don't work, I ain't going to make money. So you got to be able to work. But the great thing is you can control your schedule. So like if I want to say, Hey, tomorrow, I don't want to do a single thing. I'm going to go and do whatever. I can just, if I had appointments, I can cancel them. I wouldn't do that, obviously. I would just look far enough ahead and say, hey, I'm not going to set any appointments for this day. And then I can just control my own schedule. You don't have to clock in, clock out. You don't get paid by the hour. You get paid strictly for what you produce or what you create to other people. So literally, that's the only thing that happens is you get paid on your own time. So being a teacher, I can do my teaching stuff from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., I can, you know, get on my phone after work and start calling up people that maybe left me messages the other day or set up appointments, going on appointments, so forth, if I want to. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, right? But during the summer, I can do it as I please, but then I can take a week off if I need to. It's super flexible that way. But I wanted to get into it because it, I thought I was going to be good at it. I feel like I am pretty good at it, and oh, yeah. um, I'm confident in my abilities, but getting to know the market so then I can then utilize it for my own ability to actually invest in it, which is actually how you create long-term wealth, and that's kind of what He's eventually. Story over now. <laughs> we just got the whole wow. entire rundown of how we got from high school to here. I know. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm going to write a, uh, what do you call it, autobiography. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Do it. Honestly. No one's stopping you. Sure. I mean, because um, you're just starting it, honestly. <laughs> So, uh, so we'll take a little quick break. Um, let you eat for a second. Cam, you want to draw some cards since you want to... We're going to be doing the Buzz game. You got some cards out? Yeah. Uh, are we reading them? Or are we reading them? What did you read? You read them. Sorry. We'll let you, <laughs> you read them. Okay. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. That was awesome. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know who it is, but... <coughs> if you watch Bill Nye the Science Guy videos growing up, who has it? Oh. Did you nice start it? I was... Okay. Drink if you've never caught a fish. 
Oh, yeah. I've caught a couple of fish. I've only caught, like, bluegills and stuff. I'm telling you, the river can come up dry like, but if you don't get it the right time, it does. So do you like to go fishing, or do you like to go golfing, or what's, what's your, like, thing you like to do in your downtime? Number one, as of late, would definitely be golf. I've um, been picking it up recently. Um, it's pretty fun. I obviously enjoy it. Still working on all the kinks and getting that <laughs> figured out, but, um, no, fishing's a good time. Picked it up with my grandpa, but problem is, I always... Whenever I feel like fishing is in the inopportune times. Like, I feel like fishing in the middle of the day and sitting on a boat when you're not going to get fish. You have to fish either, you know, sunrise or sunset most mm-hmm. times, dusk or dawn, or, you know, at certain times in certain areas, certain climates, and so forth. It's like really get good, you know what I mean? Like, you can go out to, like, certain lakes and stuff and just catch fish, which is great, but to really do it the right way, you got to go to certain places and know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I always end up, all right, got some stink bait, going to go out and just cast a line and sit here. It always ends up being the long time of day, so I might get one or two, and that's about it. So do you live on the river now? or? Uh, yeah, so that's the funny thing. Part of my whole master plan to becoming eventually financially independent while being stuff like that. Still live at home, um, soaking it in, enjoying it, because my mom, being who she is, she loves having me around, so like I'm totally going to embrace that um, and save as much money as I can while I can. And then um, I plan on actually my next approach to doing my first home was actually going to be buying my parents' home from them. Oh, so they're, uh, they live on the water. So yeah, once they're getting ready to retire. So my idea is that I'll buy the house from them so that I don't lose it, and then they can go out and do their own thing. Eventually. That's so sweet. Right? <laughs> I mean, you took care of them so much. No, My parents tell me all the time, when you move out, we're going to Jamaica. <laughs> as soon as you're out, we're going to go party. I'm like, wow, okay, thanks guys. You're not going to miss me at all? They're like, nope, don't worry, show them the way out. <laughs> nope, see you later. <laughs> Good luck, we don't do shit for the past 18 years, go on. <laughs> yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah, you can only get one trip. You're going to pack everything. <laughs> <laughs> one trip. Fuck, for me, I have a lot of stuff, man. So, but I think it's for me, it's... Because uh, I, what I want to do is I want to go work at the state and everything, get that done. And I want to buy my own lot. And then hopefully build on, build like build on the house later on in the future. So that's what I'm pushing towards. I don't know if I want to stick around here, but I know a lot of my friends are going to start living around here more. So it's like I might as well just stick around. We uh, we own a lot across the street. The idea is that I would build a kind of think about building one of those like sheds that you know like those like houses if you ever heard of them, like the shed houses. Like the ones with like super nice interiors, like oh. the big steel buildings that have like super nice interiors in them. Yeah. Because like normally your taxes are made off of. Uh, in terms of like your parents from the exterior of the home, sometimes they protect, you know, assessors won't go inside the home. So if you have like a shed, and I'm not saying this in a bad way or deceiving way, but like sometimes it won't be as tested as greatly. So I thought like, I don't really care about the inside of the house. You know, I would rather, or the exterior of the house. I just rather have like super nice inside. Just have this huge wide open general open concept thing. So I was thinking, you know, either, you know, just build something like that on that lot across the street and like maybe put like a, like uh, like in-law suite in there, so like my parents can stay there when they're home, and then when they're traveling, they can just leave and like have an extra space there. But then have like a basketball hoop in there, and like, oh, yeah. like a driving range, not like a driving range, but like a simulator, you know, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Golf, yeah. Your golf clubs and stuff. <laughs> I feel like one of those would be pretty. Yeah, driveway is nuts. Big shed. <laughs> big shed. Yeah, my girlfriend went. Uh, her mom's down in Mississippi, and they had 
like you said, one of those big uh, rods. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, this little rod, whatever. And uh, and there, her stepdad Earl had uh, his man cave in there. He stored two different boats, his truck, four wheelers, guns, hunting stuff, ski shooters, and all that stuff. It was, he still had a lot of room. I'm like, holy crap! I mean, that'd be awesome because. I always want, my goal is I want to buy a pontoon. That's my goal. I want to buy a pontoon. That's what I did this summer. Really? Yeah. I, my parents uh, had a boat for a long time. I know jet boat or <laughs> And I said, guys, we need to get a pontoon. We don't ever use this jet boat. We need something <laughs> we can just cruise on, chill on, hang out. Right? I said, what do we got to do to get a pontoon? Because like, I know if I just tell my parents to do that, they're not going to do it. They're going to drift. Not, I don't mean that in a bad way. My dad's super busy. He works all the time. So like, if he doesn't, like, it's hard for him to, like, get set on something without getting a million other projects going oh, yeah. carried away, and then you end up never boating. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to buy this boat. You guys just pay me back. So then eventually, so, like, I bought the boat, because I'm living at home, not spending a lot of money, right? I'm making money, I can just do my own thing. So I bought the pontoon. Not a new one, by any means. Obviously, it's a used boat. It's like a, I don't know, 1999 or something. Um, but... And it was a fixer-upper. Like, it's not even in good shape, but it was... The reason why I bought it was because it had 125 horsepower engine, which is, you never want anything less than 125 if you want to pull tubes or anything of the sort, or go more than 20 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Steel bottom is much better than wood bottom because it doesn't rot or anything of the sort. So those are basically the two main factors, and then obviously the trailer. Uh, so we bought that, and then I said, you know what? My dad chipped in a little bit still because he came along. He's like, oh, yeah, might as well. Because they were going to pay me back anyways because, like, obviously it's theirs. Um, yeah. So I said, I'll buy it up front, just, you know, like, let's just, you know, pay back again. So they've been doing it here and there. Um, so, but yeah, I, long story short was I was just going to say that I ended up ironically buying a pontoon indirectly this summer. <laughs> just so that my, I could push my parents into actually getting one. Because otherwise they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, your parents, I, mean, I feel like parents, too, you always need to give a little push to do stuff. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's all my dad's on the, hey, I want to do this, or let's go do this. And he's like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll do it sometime. And it's like... The time comes and hey, like he said, we go fishing. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, I, I gotta go to work. Like, come on, <laughs> real. I told you this like two weeks ago. You're I'm, like, ah, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> Sorry, man. Everybody should ask me sooner. Yeah, yeah I know. Right? Things, like, cause like, my dad's frugal with his money, so he doesn't like to spend it and stuff like that. So he's like, I'm like, look, I'll pay for it up front. You sell the current boat, give me that, you know, give me that money, and then you know, like, just kind of pay me back here and there. And so that's kind of what we did. And eventually, I was just going to keep it in my name and just say it's my boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I could really use this money for other yeah. things. <laughs> Maybe you guys should just buy it and back off. <laughs> for sure. So um, how did uh, – you're coaching um, high school quarterbacks, right? Or are you coaching – are you the head coach? No, not the head coach no. in the high school, no. Um, I, I guess you could consider the last – year to being like the head coach, I guess, for like sophomore level. Oh, really? Sophomore level. So like being more in charge, at least, you know, play caller for the freshman sophomore levels when obviously the head coach and so I got Coach Smith and then mm-hmm. now Coach Daner um, weren't going to be there all the time, you know, like with the freshman or sophomore games, depending on what the varsity is doing or practice and so forth. Um, so that's kind of where I was at with, you know, like calling the plays for the young guys and then helping out as an assistant on the varsity level. Um, the first year I was quarterback's. Because that's oh, what I did, and I worked with quarterbacks. But then Coach Smith wanted to do the play calls, and he had too many eyes to watch for being being on receivers where he was, so we switched. So last year, 
he was quarterbacks and play caller, obviously, with the varsity level, and then I was a wide receiver, so that I could, because I'm not worried about play calls or anything, so I can watch all the wide receivers, and that's all I can yeah. worry about. So I was a wide receivers coach last year, and then this year I'm back to being, again, wide receivers coach, and then um, also calling plays and stuff for the younger guys, but I'm not the head coach. Oh, that's still pretty awesome. Yeah, it's still pretty awesome. I mean, coaching anybody is <laughs> like such a great experience. It can be a challenge, yeah. but it's actually very rewarding, too. It's so rewarding. You get to see, you get to see all the stuff you taught them, you put to use, and see them grow as people mm-hmm. and as players. Mm-hmm. And especially just the people part, because it's just like you get to see them grow up too. Exactly. Yeah, and different emotions, different personalities out there. People doing different things, you know. Yes. And it's like, wow, and why not? <laughs> That's super cool. Exactly. It's such a rewarding experience. Hey, Kane, you want to draw another card real quick? Do you have any more cards? Hold up, you want us to read? Oh, wow, I can read something? You definitely do. <clears throat> Drink, if you ever deleted a form of social media for, quote, self-care, <laughs> drink twice if you re-downloaded it within a month. If I've ever had for self-care, I have deleted Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram. So it's like, do I have to take a drink for each one, or just... Take so, <laughs> I guess he's one. <laughs> Am I the only one here? I mean, yeah. Fine. All right. I just have music. I've said <laughs> that I'm going to delete them because I get annoyed sometimes, but never actually gone through with it. Dude, set your games up. Let's go. Just go for it. Just do it. <laughs> what do you have? Drink if you have no idea how to play uh, backgammon. Backgammon. I do not know how to. And the only reason I know that's even a game is because it's one of the games you can play on the card. What's that game? What is it? What is I have no idea. Please I just know it's a game. Like it's a game that I can play in my car, but I don't know what it is. Like some kind of board game thing. Oh wait. Like a like a chess or checkers or you know something like that, but it's not either of those. At all. <laughs> just something totally different. But I don't know what it is. I just know that it's a thing because I saw yeah. the name of it in my cars. Like, yeah. All right. All, all right. right. We're gonna read you quick. We're gonna What are you grabbing? Go back. It's done already? No, it's hand closed. Oh. I was like, uh, okay. Uh, Rico, hurry up. I'm back, I can hear it. Okay. Players, players that use two and one shampoo and conditioner. This is a middle school. Drink. Two and one shampoo. Yes. Huh? Do you use two and one shampoo and conditioner? Oh. I don't anymore. <laughs> I have. I did. And then I did. And then I did. In college, it was definitely the go-to because you only had to have one bottle you carried the shampoo. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I just use shampoo. I don't use conditioner at all. You're probably just talking about. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard conditioner ain't great for your hair every day, but then I've also heard that guys don't have hair that, or our hair grows out fast enough and gets cut recently enough that like you don't have to worry about the conditioner damage in your hair either. I so I don't know which way it is. I don't know. I just wash it. <laughs> it's here. It's here. It's on my head. It's gonna fall off one day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got another one? I sure do. <laughs> if you're taking years of Spanish and still can't speak it, take a grande sip. If you're taking Spanish at all, you can't speak Spanish fluently, you have to take a drink. Oh, take a grande. <laughs> grande drink. Never take have you taken Spanish? You had to take years of Spanish in high school? No, I never did. 
What? I graduated high school without taking any Spanish. Oh, that works. I have no idea. I think you finessed the system. I think so. (laughs) You're supposed to take two years. And then, when I went to college, it's a liberal arts school, so you had to take you had to take four years of Spanish in high school and like not take it to college. Yeah. So then I had to take two semesters worth of taking Spanish. Funny thing was, literally the semester class I was taking in Spanish in college was what I learned as a freshman in Spanish in high school. Seriously. So it wasn't even challenging at all. <laughs> Just cakewalk? Yeah, it was cakewalk. It was like, hola. It was uno, dos, tres. Don't Like I said, I have... I, Graduated high school while doing that. I went to college about taking Spanish. Don't ask me how or why, but it's. I mean, you might be right. <laughs> they might Lucky think I don't speak it, but hey, here I am. So, <clears throat> JD, what's your girlfriend for a second? How'd you meet her? He's. Yeah, yeah alright, alright, alright. Right, let's talk about my one year Spanish. <laughs> let's talk about your one year Spanish real quick. I would literally use Google Translate for the whole entire time. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes. Because I have a little smartwatch and I got oh. my own on it. Oh, that's <laughs> cheap. <laughs> um, back to your question. Oh. You asked me how my girlfriend and I met. Oh. Um, this is spicy. This is super spicy. <laughs> How's it going to go? You said- so, those of you that might have been in high school in this area obviously are familiar with mine. Blind, do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You went to his retreat. Oh, yeah, yeah, blind. Blind, Blind. B-L-I-N-D. You go to, like, this retreat as a high school freshman Mm -hmm. um, with all the local schools. You do these, like, team-building activities and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's cool is when you're growing up in high school, you can become what they call, like, a blind leader. So, like, you're responsible for, like, hosting the events and kind of coordinating things and stuff like that. So I was a blind leader. She was a blind leader for another school, and that's how I got to know her. I didn't like meet her like like we haven't been dating since high school. Um, that's just how we got to know each other, familiar with each other. And then honestly, in college at some point, I literally just like messaged her friend because like I commented on a Snapchat story of her in it and like said something about her, and then she just started messaging after that, and that was that was all. So, not really super, it's not super romantic. I think I literally just said, like, tell her to hit me up sometime. Tell her to hit me up, baby, bro. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't anything, uh, it wasn't anything romantic or nothing to make the movie out, that's for sure. Well, no, like, you ran into her in an accident or you saved her from no, a bunch of guys, no, about the lugger or anything. can't say that I did, to be honest. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were a blind leader. Yep, yep. So oh. We went to this retreat before school started every year, which was kind of cool for a weekend. Um, did this thing at like the YMCA camp that they have mm-hmm. out wherever I don't know what it's called, um, and then we would host the the thing for the freshman every year. So that was kind of cool. I did that new year senior year. That is pretty cool. cool. Honestly, because it's like I thought well, that was pretty cool. Uh, I I don't partake. I only rem- I only remember it because horrible reasons. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for me, mine was like I like the fun part. Oh, I'm not really time. There was uh we had that big ball thing you had to make it you had a big uh piece of plywood and they had the ball and they're rolling in and you had to make it in the hole or something. I'll never forget the time our teachers <laughs> at the time. This guy was like, Alright, everyone lift it up on three. One, two, three, and he whips it up, he busts one of the leaders jaw, just went boom, and she started bleeding. I'm like, Oh snap. Ouch. Oh, that was like that was like our first uh First, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, 
I bet he thinks about Experience. that. Like, probably. He probably like flashes in the middle of the night when he's trying to go. <laughs> Dude, I felt so bad for that girl too. It was, it was, ooh. <laughs> sounds very good. No, um, so do you guys still have the, oh, activities. That was the first activity. So do you guys still have the same activities from when you were there? Or do you well, so I don't have anything to do with blind anymore, oh, obviously. Oh, really? um, it was just when I was in high school last yeah. year. Um, but I know that they still have it and they still do it. I know the schools have changed that cooperate with it, um, but I don't know much about it at this point just because I've been away for so long. Obviously four years and then the last two years I've been kind of in the school district as a sub and then student teaching and now teaching, but I haven't done anything with life. So I'm, I'm not sure as it currently stands. Um, <clears throat> so I remember uh, in basketball, the coach me would take you guys to play now. Do you remember going to play there? Yep, yep. That was a holiday tournament. Yeah. How did you like that? Did you like that experience? Or? To be honest with you, it's kind of funny. Um, Cal, my, yeah. arguably my best friend. I shouldn't say arguably, but we. Like, I don't like to say that I have a best friend because like, <laughs> I have a lot of good friends. Yeah. Um, Cal can, for whatever reason, recall like damn near every single event that's ever happened in, in <laughs> basketball-related terms in high school. Um, every game, every moment, almost, it seems like every opponent. And he'll talk about stories and, like, recall all this stuff, and I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I honestly remember a handful of things from high school sports in terms of basketball and stuff. I remember little snapshots in my head of basketball or football and some moments of track and yeah. some memories and like, just being in the school, but, like, to ask me about anything specifically in terms of like events or games, like I don't know, I draw blanks. And like I remember being in Plano's gym yeah. at one time. I remember being on the bench at one time. I remember being on the court at one time. Like snapshots, like seeing this in my memory. Like I don't remember like actual physical moments. It's kind of weird. Hmm. Yeah, okay. it's kind of different. Well, I'm trying to remember high school right now. I think I just got a lot of hits to the head, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, actually, uh, tomorrow. I'm happy about this because I can finally watch my team play. Colts and Bears play each other. They got moved to the three three block. The three twenty five one, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, what's that, what that now? Cal's a big Colts fan too, so yeah. Put some money on that with him. I think. <laughs> Did we see Cal last weekend? Yeah, we saw Cal, uh, Cal last weekend at uh, uh, Riley's uh, release party. party. Yeah, we saw him release party. Birthday, yeah, birthday release party. We saw him. He's still against it. He's still he's super cool. Like, that was awesome. He is awesome. I enjoyed our time with him. <laughs> yeah, but it's awesome to see here because I think it's been how long has it been since the the Bears went three and zero right off the bat? And then you guys just now got Nick Foles in there too. I to be honest with you, I don't remember the last time they were three and zero because they haven't done it very often. Yeah, I remember watching them losing the Super Bowl in those sticks to the Colts. Colts. <laughs> I, um, um, I don't remember a whole lot else other than that, but in terms of when they started right now. Um, yeah, this whole Nick Foles conundrum is going to be pretty interesting to see. I think he's going to do well, but it's just kind of weird because, like, you can't go back now. As the head coach of the Bears, like, you can't oh, revert back no. to the bench now. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that all works out. Yeah, it's pretty wild, too, because you guys had Chuck Pagano as you guys' defense coordinator, and he used to be the head coach for Indy, and I don't know if he still has, um, plays, well, probably not, because he hasn't been there for a while, but I, I, I like Chuck Pagano. I mean, a lot of people gave him crap for it and stuff, but it's like, 
Indy for one, so I need an offensive line behind Andrew Luck and all these new lines. Oh, yeah. I think with Chuck Brown, too, is more in terms of his relationship with the Colts, was he was just there for long enough that yeah. his voice kind of got drowned out. Yeah. Definitely, he's a bad coach. He just needed, it was a time for a refresher, right? They just had to change yep. things up. So um, I think that's all it really was. He's still a good defensive line coach and all that thing. So I don't think there's any hard feelings. So in terms of like, plays and stuff, you need to be honest with you. Defense is a lot of reactionary stuff to formations and schemes yeah. and so forth. So beyond like your formations and stuff, like there's no playbook yeah. per se for defense. I mean, there is and there isn't. But every defense coordinator brings their own style, brings their own stuff, brings their own communication. And even if you thought you know what they might be doing on defense as a professional team, like there's no way it's actually working. So. Yeah. But uh, I remember last time they played each other, full one, I think by touchdown. I believe. Had to look that one up. Yeah, yeah but I, I think I think they did win last time. I, I don't blend, I don't doubt it. Because <laughs> that's that's the one we had Andrew Luck as quarterback too. R.I.P. R.I.P. Andrew Luck. Oh man, put him before the beginning of the season. I, I was I don't forget I figured that out because my phone went off. I was like, wait, what's going on? I'm watching preseason. I was like, holy crap, what? I was like, wow. Yeah, that was a that was a shocker. So yeah, oh. the bummer was that it got leaked. Before the game was over, and he was on the field. Oh yeah. And people started booing him off the field. I know. Because they announced that he was retiring before he walked off the game. Field. And so, like, it was because I saw some report. Adam Schefter is obviously the like, news guy. That oh yeah. On news for ESPN, and he said, "Yeah, I got this article, and he's like, I didn't want to do it, but he's like, I didn't know what else to do. Like, they gave me this, like, they had the information. I'm like, I have to do this. And it's like, and it's just crazy." It's a big story at the time, too. Do you even, what, why do you retire? I actually just beat him because his body was going to beat up, and he mentally he just wasn't well and everything. He was tired of losing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, he needed another one after that one. Wow. You don't even watch football. I do not. No, but still, come on, dude. Don't be a freaking bone here. But no, I mean, all right, back to the Super Bowl and Cole's first appearance. I remember when, uh, not Reggie Bush, but it was, uh... Devin Hester. Yeah, fucking... It was, a uh, kickoff. And he returned it for a touchdown. I was like, holy crap, is this really how it's about to go? And I got so nervous after that. I was like, oh, wow. I would have been too nervous because y'all at Big Manning, we had Rex Grossman. Um, uh, that defense carried us to that championship. Which is great. And Devin Hester obviously has a rookie playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was crazy that he actually predicted that he was going to do that in the Super Bowl. In that commercial, I don't know if you saw that. He said, like, it was a commercial, and I can't remember all the details. He's like, something, you got to have crazy dreams or crazy something. He's like, like taking the opening kickoff back in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Dude! He was like one of my favorite football players. Just the fact he, he ran so many kickoffs back. <laughs> Which is insane. That's a long yeah, like, run. If you kicked him, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, but like a three year span, you were dumb if you ever kicked him. Oh, man. He's tore it off. I was like, wow. Literally. Like, when they push the kickoff forward. Oh, yeah. I don't get that. I don't. I get it, because, I mean, they, you, you play the special teams, right? Uh, Yeah, return, like, I don't know, a couple times. <laughs> okay, JD, you play special teams. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you're running down the field and you hit somebody. That's probably the hardest you're going to get hit is on special teams. Yeah. So the NFL did that on that exact purpose. They slowed everything down because dudes are running to each other or too fast, too many injuries, too much concussions. It's really what it was all concussions. Yeah. Yeah. 
the moral of the story is you have dudes running. Not only do they move the kickoffs up, but you also, did you ever notice the kickoff guys are lined up with the football? Oh, yeah, yeah, So, like, they don't get a running head start. Mm-hmm. So, they're slowing everything down because you have buddies running full speed at each other, 250 pounds play. And they said, like, the average collision was, like, 30 mile an hour car crash. Like, smoking into people. So, like, it was, like, people going nuts. So, like, yeah, it's, they definitely, I think it's good for the game, in all honesty. It does remove some of the excitement because, like, onside kicks don't get converted as much because they have no running head start. You know, they moved it. They moved it up so the kicks get kicked out of the end zone more often. Yep. Yeah. You know all those things, but in the in, end of the day, it's kind of like it's for the longevity of the league. So I saw. Um, I know you said you have you know little vague memories and stuff of football and stuff, but um, when you played quarterback in high school, like what was it like going out on the field and like you see the defense there and you know, like you're changing the play calls and everything like like what made you decide like oh you knew this guy was gonna blitz and. He, Make sure you pick this guy up and everything there. You know, switch your route here and all that. Well, how would you know that right off the bat? So, in high school, there's not as much pickup, like, alignment-type changes in terms of cover, or pass coverage mm-hmm. for, like, protections. Yeah, like, linemen. Um, there's not a lot of communication there. They usually, high school linemen end up, you know, just picking up the biggest threat or whoever's right there yeah. in terms of pass protection. Um, now... As a quarterback, you do have to see um, who might be blitzing, what kind of coverage they're at, and everything. So basically what they say is there's three things you assess as a quarterback prior to the snap of the ball. Numbers, angles, grass. So say you're giving a play, the very first thing you do, like say it's all slants, right? Yeah. You're going to count the numbers. So it's a defense even, So which means is are there an even amount of guys on one side of the field as the other side of the field? Is it evenly split, right? So is there, if there's 10 guys or 11 guys on the field, right? Say there's a safety high, so he's technically half, right? Because yeah. he gets to in half. There, is there five dudes on the left and five dudes on the right? You know what I'm saying? So they're not outnumbering us on one end or the other. Or we're not outnumbering them one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we figure out the numbers. Now, if we have trips to one side mm-hmm. and they still are even, then we're outnumbering them because we have one more dude on the other side of the field. Um, so the first thing is you want to figure out if there's numbers to one side of the field to the other. You might be throwing it away from the numbers. Then it's angles. Well, if it's an out side route, right, the white outside receivers running a five-yard out or, a, you know, what we call a snap route, um, if the cornerback is inside shade or off coverage or something like that, it's probably an easy completion, but you got to be able to see where he's lined up, because if the corner's lined up press man outside yeah. shade, he's taking that away all day long in, like, a cover two look or something, right, because he's not going to give a five-yard out when he's covering the flat that's loaded when he's covering. So, like, you got to see if that's what they're in, then you're going to have to go to a different receiver. Um, or, you know, check it the other way, basically. Um, and then grass is the other thing. So, you know, if those two things, like angles are the same, numbers are the same, then you go, what's the, where's the field side? You know, I might go to the field side because my guy has more space to work with. Um, if it's a run play, you might have to check it. Um, if you're doing like a read option or something where you're reading a certain end on the line mm-hmm. or a linebacker, depending on their alignment, if it's a three technique or a one technique, which means that would be the defensive tackle. So, like, three technique, you'd be outside shade of the guard. One technique, he's inside shade. You might be, coach might have game plan saying, hey, you got to run the ball. When you run the ball, you got to go towards three technique or away from the three technique and so forth. So, you might, you know, if you got a run play to the left and the three technique to the left and coach said to run away from the three technique, you got to uh, audible it to the opposite direction. There wasn't as much in high school. The quarterbacks don't have the authority to change the play, really. Yeah. Um, but we're given the ability to, like, <clears throat> Audible in terms of flipping the play. Right. So, like, if it's running left, I can change it to run right. 
or something. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. in those kinds of cues, you got to see. Other than that, as a high school quarterback, really, it just comes down to determining your pre-snap reads, you know, who's probably in the most advantageous spot to be open in terms of numbers, angles, and grass, and then after the ball snapped, where people might blitz from, and then throwing basically where they I mean, it sounds complicated. There are some complications to it, but at the end of the game, being a high school quarterback is not nearly as complicated as college or a freshman. Of course, in high school, throwing to not many teams, most teams, majority teams, whatever you want to say, don't drop back and pass as much as we had either. So it kind of depends. I remember we just ran the ball. I remember when uh, I was playing line, because I played line all the time. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> remember we had our little, we were standing there telling if I'm going left or going right and everything. And I kept, they were saying, if there's no one there, go to the linebacker. Okay, if it's not a run plan. Okay. <laughs> run plan, go back to the linebacker and stuff. Remember, it's a pass play, just stay there. Don't do that. Stay there, see if someone's on the blitz and no one does and you're good. There's many times too where I say there, like, no one's listening. What's going on? Where am I? Like, what am I supposed to do? All the people here. Like everyone else over here is like double team, you have their own man, I'm there, I'm like, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, work. Yeah, that's what I know. It's like, oh, I want to do something. <laughs> yeah, so with all of that, oh, shoot, I just totally had to train the thought and I lost it. Oh, you're talking about the wristband? Yeah. Saying like left, left, or right, yeah. and so Because like if you run zone, which is like a normal run scheme, where yeah. for linemen it's easy, it's zone, which means you're yeah. covering a zone. So if it's zone left, your zone is to the left of you, yeah. so you block the dude right to your left. Yeah. If it's right, you block to the right. Um, but the thing as a quarterback is, when you call the play, you put the like cards like you have in your wrist or something. You only get the play name. So like where we made it as simple as for like our receivers, if we call like a, we said number twenty five or something, yeah, yeah. Um, quarterback gets it on his wrist play. It says the actual name of the play. But on the if you're the outside receiver, your thing literally just tells you what the route you're running. So, like, everyone has it super easy. All it tells them is exactly what they're doing. Block, left, block, right. Run a slant. Run a fade. The quarterback's in here. Okay, it's cross. Well, now this play is called cross. I need to know what all these different routes are running. Like, I can't just know cross. Like, I can't just say, hey, X is doing this, Y is doing this, H is doing this, Z is doing this. you got to know, like, actually what it's doing. Yeah. There's a different dynamic to that as well. I cannot place whatsoever. I place fullback. <laughs> I never could remember fucking playing. <laughs> oh, dude. So, what do you think of? Uh, so, we actually know someone that's in the NFL. Right? We don't. Well, we know of them because we played it. What do you think of that? That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Props to him. I mean, he's a really talented athlete. Yeah. Um, it's awesome to see somebody thriving from the community. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I'm happy for him. Um, it's pretty neat. It's a, it's kind of a surprising. Um, only because, you know, like, obviously being undrafted for agent, oh. I know, like, he kind of got a less than favorable college situation, um, oh. but it kind of led to that. I think they said he was a little bit oversized, a little bit slow, but that doesn't determine exactly your success, obviously. Yeah. Now, they're obviously the majority, 100%, right? It always kind of reflected, but there's always those outliers, and so he's obviously one of them. So, yeah. And he's been really well. That, I thought that was awesome. Oh, it's like Roby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, like Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah, like, but like, how do you know that a kid from Dixon Oil is going to sprout to 6'8", 200, yeah. and whatever pounds and be a freak athlete? We actually have a bank on that, so hopefully Indy does pretty good this year. Uh-oh. Yeah. But, uh, wow, I mean, my dad always told me it's one in how many ever. 
because it's wild that you know one of them and that you played against one of them. And he's like, a lot of people don't get that, you know, get that chance. And I was like, yeah, he was better. Feel very fortunate about all that. Like, yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> holy crap. It's crazy to think about. Just knowing Roby. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know so that guy. Still he's on the TV. TV. Yeah, I know him. It's cool because they're also still super humble and stuff, too. I know, Sometimes I know. when people get, like, you know, big and stuff, they, they get, I don't know, what do you say? I don't know, what the right words. Egos. Yeah, egos. Yeah, egos are big and stuff, but it's still awesome. They're still super humble. Yeah. Say hi to you, how you doing, and everything. I mean, that's kudos. Kudos. I can't wait for next season, though. It's going to be awesome. It is, honestly. Basketball? Right? Yeah. Okay. Basketball. Okay. <laughs> basketball. That's going to be awesome. It is. Now I, got, now I have a second favorite team now. <laughs> okay, so. Still, I mean, yeah, I'm still a diehard Pelicans fan, but I have a second team. <laughs> I was thinking, man, before this whole COVID stuff hit, I was hoping the Pelicans, because the Pelicans caught fire towards the end, and the whole COVID shutdown stuff happened, and then in the fall, we just lost our mojo. Like, well, okay. They wanted but, to go home. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, they, they, it, it looked like they wanted to just go home. They didn't want to do that. Yeah. But now it's just the point to where it's like, okay, my team's out, but hey, guess who else is in? <laughs> you guys better get this. Anthony Davis. Wow. Ouch. I know. But I, I give Anthony, I give AD credit too because he could have, in the free agency, he could have just walked out. He could have just, not, we could not have gotten nothing from him. Mm-hmm. He could have just been like, hey guys, I'm done. And we could have gotten Zippo from him. But the fact we got the stuff that we did, it was like, holy crap. I mean, a lot of people forget that. He could have just been quiet and just done it secretly. Instead of, just, instead of coming out and saying, hey, I you know, want to go play with Brock. At least you were able to trade him instead of keeping him for another year yeah. and then have him walk out. Yeah. 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 I mean, my, my thing with that, though, is sucks for the Lakers because they gave up so much for AD. Hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. The only crazy part about that whole situation is that they thought Kuzma was the best player that they were keeping. If they would have kept Brandon Ingram instead of Kuzma. Now, granted, Kuzma played, like, crazy awesome. And I get it, Kuzma is a good complimentary player. But Kuzma needs the ball in his hand, like Ingram does. So I guess I can't even really say that. But, like, Kuzma obviously, like, Ingram sprouted more than Kuzma has as of late, but Kuzma definitely has a better first two seasons. So it really, like... How do you ever actually know what it's going to be? Which is kind of crazy to think about. Like, Ingram currently, obviously, is better than Kuzma, but like, Ingram also has the ball in his hands a lot more. So, who actually knows? Yeah, because when Zion was hurt and all that stuff, it was, Ingram was the guy. Ingram stepped up and you know, there was, I never forget the time we played the Jazz. Ingram hit that last, well, not that last second shot, it was like .2 left on the clock, and awesome, we fouled, and we had to go to OT, and we lost an OT. I'm like, oh, come on, guys, seriously? <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's wild right now that now we're looking for a, a head coach. You know? I really want a Doc Rivers. Oh, I want I, a Doc. I personally don't like Doc Rivers. I, I saw like, Doc was going to Philly because, yeah. like, they were almost surefire on what they were going to do, and then they're like, ah, we got to take Doc. Now, Doc hasn't made it out in the second round of playoffs, so I mean, it's kind of, or no, Conference Finals, but, <laughs> but he, he now with the championship, now with the Clippers. Right. But, like, with the Clippers, he didn't make it out in the second round, so it's like, dang. <laughs> Like you had some talent. You had Lob City, and then you had yeah. Oh, they were wild Lob City. Lob City was oh, nice, and then you had oh. obviously Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah. Now, in Doc's defense, 
I don't think he did it. No. That team literally just choked. So they mm. choked so hard. And, and, I, choked. and they choked when Chris Hall and them were there too. So it's not like it's truly his fault per se. And obviously he's won a championship with Boston, so it's not like it's you know, like that. But still. Yeah. yeah. But now we're looking at Ty Luke. Ty Luke might be a good coach though. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. I think he might be a decent coach too. But then it's like people are saying, well, remember, he won the championship only because he had LeBron and stuff. I'm like, LeBron's a freak athlete. LeBron is. LeBron, I, yeah. I don't understand it. Was he 34 now? Yeah, he's still. And he looked, he's playing like crazy. <laughs> Holy cow. He was 34? You're he's, thinking. He's thinking. He's I think LeBron's 35. 35? It's his 17th season, and he started when he was 18. So, yeah, he'd be 35. 35. No, 35. Fancy. Yeah, he's played in, the stat came out that he's played in 16% of all NBA finals ever. That's crazy. And his Nine out of the last ten. Oh, holy cow. Yeah, it's a knock your just like... <laughs> yeah, it's he's like... Up and he hurts groin, and then, yeah, because of the Lakers. Oh, my gosh. My dad, my dad follows LeBron everywhere he went. So when he found out AD was going to the Lakers, first thing he did is he woke him up and he goes, hey. So, uh, are you going to be a Lakers fan now? I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, guess where AD's going. Like, oh. <laughs> and uh, it was crazy, too, because uh, I remember coaching and stuff, kept telling Dell Dems, he was a general manager at the time, not not to give AD the Lakers at all. and Just ship them out wherever. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Like, if you're going to get the best package, you're going to get the best package. I mean, not that you guys have the best package, but, like, I mean, you got a lot for him. You got Hicks, you got Lonzo. A whole team. You guys got Lonzo. You got a whole team. Lonzo, Ingram, so, Hicks. <laughs> I took my girlfriend to her first ever basketball game. I, I have the 11 season uh, ticket holder package at uh, the Bulls. Okay. So I would sell my tickets to the games that I won't be able to make and stuff. I went to about maybe over half of them I sold some. So the first game I went to my girlfriend to see was the Pelicans and the Bulls. So we ended up getting, well, there was A, B, and then it went row one. And we ended up getting the row one tickets on the on court side, not not A and B, we got the row one. And we were super close. Freaking kids, like right next to us, we got Josh Hart, and he turned around and waved at him. And I'm like, oh, man. We watched Zion squat into the stands. We're like, holy crap. Zion's crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. the one thing I want to see with, like, those guys in person. It's like, I've always wanted to see LeBron play in person. And I was mad when COVID hit because April 3rd and 4th, the OKC Thunder, obviously, yeah. played in the Staples Center back-to-back nights, Lakers, Clippers, back-to-back nights. Um, wow. So me and Cal had instead of a whole trip. Yeah. We were flying out to L.A. We were going to stay at my buddy's house and go to the Staples Center for April 3rd and 4th. And we are going to play the Lakers and the Thunders back-to-back nights. We we're going to get tickets, obviously, because Isaiah's there. He's going to get his tickets. But like, we are going to see LeBron and them and then you know, Kawhi and Paul George back-to-back nights. And then um, COVID hit, like, two weeks before and canceled the whole season. And, or the league up yeah, to that point, and then we never got to go. Oh, man. Such a tease. I know, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, guess what? Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I mean, I'm looking forward. I mean, right now I'm paying off the uh, 11-game package again, and it's, they're taking, like, uh, $250 on my, uh, on my checks right now. Just on fan and stuff, and uh, I asked him like, "Well, what's going on if you guys, you know, have the bubble and I can't go to the game?" They're like, "Well, we can hold those till next season." I'm like, "Okay." I mean, 
I think that's kind of fair, but then again, think about it, like, what if I need the money now? And part of me is second-guessing myself, like, was this a smart move to do that with everything that's going on? But, I mean, I'm still getting the same amount of hours, the same amount of work now, and I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I mean, it's something to look forward to if it doesn't happen this year. Hopefully it happens next year. So that's how I'm looking at it. So. How much is the package? Uh, $1,300. You need to get, like, court sites for that. Well, the average is just about 100 bucks a game. Yeah. Yeah. But, and the seats are pretty decent. Yeah, they're pretty decent, yeah. Potentially, the bottom of the bowl. No, actually, to get the bottom, you have to spend an extra 1300 So, to get the bottom, is like 2600 Yeah. But I'm actually on the third row. I'm actually on top. But, yeah, where I'm at, um, I'm row one. And then, right behind me is the uh, the bar. Oh. It's the crowns. They have the... Like, they have, they have Crown Royal spot, they have Captain spot, they have and all those big name spots right there. And behind me is the Crown Royal spot, so I just get up. I'm on the side, so I'm like, I'm on the aisle, I'm on the aisle seat, row one, I can see everything. I love it there. And, um, it sucks because, you know, when they throw those, you know, t-shirts and stuff, I can't get to them, but it's like, if there's some games, I'll sell tickets. I'll sell them, and then I'll boost myself up to get closer. Yeah. That's you know? okay. I went to court that one time. Oh, dude. Did you say courtside? Not courtside, courtside. I said, like I said, it goes A, B, and then it goes row one. I want to be able to smell that. Whoa. <laughs> wow, that's uh, <laughs> pretty wild. I want to get like residue sweat hitting me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Where they go and die for the ball and they land on top of you and everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty wild. So, uh, JD, like, you ever, like, what was your first NBA game that you remember? Do you Jump rope for heart. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. yeah. School? yeah. So I won the jump rope for heart. I uh, yeah. led it for quite a while. And or I, what am I saying? <laughs> I, won, I won jump rope for heart, which was yeah. like a fundraiser thing one year in middle school. And so I ended up getting tickets to the Bulls game. Got a basketball. Got to shoot hoops on the court, and then got to sit, you know, tickets to the game. So that was the first game I ever been to. And I so I kind of remember that because. All I remember is I was so young at that point, I was like fourth grade, right? So like I could barely get the ball up to the rim, oh, yeah. and I thought this this hoop is ginormous. You know, like fourth grader and stuff but like that was that was my first memory of ever going to basketball. Do you remember who they played against or no? No. Yeah, you know, so then from there it was a couple of nose bleeders in the D Rose era, and then more recently era, and then other than that, uh, NBA wise. Latest game I went to is an OKC play Thunder. Yeah. Er. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. No, That's Thunder, pretty wild. Well. How did they do that? Thunder played, yeah, Thunder played against the Bulls. Wow. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, I, know, I remember someone that went with you. They sat right behind uh, the bench. OKC's bench, right? Javi did, kind of. Yeah, yeah. and I was, with, I was with Isaiah's mom. Oh, I, drove, okay. I, I drove us up, so we were like off the behind the hoop. Oh, that's okay. sweet. Still, it's awesome. I want to be able to smell. <laughs> <laughs> You're creepy. <laughs> All right, Cam. Um, let's get two more cards, and then I guess we'll wrap it up. Get some for yourself. Yeah. Get some for yourself. Get a couple for JD to read. We're all. Pass out. Get some for yourself. Oh. No. Two for yourself. No, I'll pass yeah. on that. All right. Well, you. you want to start guests first, and then end on you, or do you want to go you, and then end on the guest? Oh, hey. Jesus. Players that have gone to bed before 10 p.m. in the past week, throw one back, you want to be grandma. 
I haven't gone to bed before 10. No, I've almost gone to bed, like, late in bed before 10, but I haven't yet. I usually try to, about that time, I'm like, man, the Xbox, or do I go to bed? I'm like, yeah, I don't go to bed. And I end up going to bed still. But then I end up on my phone for, like, two hours. Oh, 9.30. A couple of hours ago, 9.30 on Friday. Yeah, I'm really tired. The second one was uh, electric toothbrushes or buzz buzz bitch, take a drink. I just oh, bought one today. Are you serious? <laughs> I just bought one today. <laughs> I got one, it's kind of decent. Um, it's like a, I don't know, my mom bought it for me for Christmas like two years ago, but it's just kind of one of those things like I'm going to take my new head for it, so like I just, you know, recycle every so often, but use yeah. actual toothbrushes. I mean, it's got like a timer, so like you brush for two minutes and actually buzzes. It's done. Oh, do you remember those ones that were playing music and you used to Like, yeah, whenever you punch them against the team. How does light pressure and, like, start jamming the tunes? <laughs> Alright, drink if you know how to tie a tie. Yes, sir. No problem. It's essential. It is super essential. Drink if you sprint up the stairs after turning off your basement lights. I haven't done that before. I don't do it all the time, but I've done it. <laughs> it's just a feeling. Yeah, I mean, you can be safe. What's the problem? Man, the shadows come after you. I know, man. you organize your phone apps into specific folders, you also probably use highlighters in high school. I did yep. not use highlighters in high school, but I have, as of late, started organizing my apps a little bit. I got my sports apps, I got my social apps. My work apps. <laughs> I appreciate it. If you're waiting on a package from Amazon, stop looking out the window and take a drink. Ooh, no. I can't say I'm doing that. I don't actually. Surprise or not. Yeah. Any more, Cam, or you get your no, read up? That's it. Alright. Um, so, Jenny, you want to promote anything? Let people know what's going on in your life? Or? Um. Directly, I guess, you know, if you guys are ever looking for, you know, any kind of real estate dealings or anything to sort, whether even if you just want to chat about investing and so forth, I'm not going to certify myself as a coach or anything to sort or anything I say is facts, but obviously I can always take advice yeah. on the real estate front and want to study on it. I'm jumping into it here soon. Uh, but in terms of actually just the real estate stuff, buying and selling homes, you know, you can hit me up on either my personal stuff, J.D. Easton, otherwise uh, Easton Properties on Facebook and Instagram. Um, check it out. You can see all my listings, kind of keep track of what's sold, what's under contract, what's new. Uh, hit me up. I can always find stuff for you and kind of take care of the process. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's about all I got. Oh, yeah, we probably have to ask you one quick question before we go. Um, so, how far is your region? Yes, yes. So, the, uh, uh, so bad. Yeah. I am, as most, as all realtors in this area, we are licensed with the state of Illinois. So, we can technically operate anywhere within the state of Illinois. Now, obviously, we normally determine ourselves or sell ourselves in like an area or region, uh, just for the sake of understanding the market to a fuller extent and pricing ourselves appropriately and knowing the rules and what inspections apply to certain regions and what are the common practices for certain uh, realtors or for certain you know uh, home sales. You know, like in Texas, when you're falls, you have city electric inspections that are mandated by the city to make sure everything's up to code. Um, a lot of times, the common theme in Dixon and Sterling Mark Falls is to have sewer inspections, sewer line inspections, when um, you're purchasing a home that's on the city sewer, mm-hmm. whereas in like Oregon, you don't have, it's not normal to do a city sewer line inspection. So it just like kind of depends. Um, I would say my immediate region is anywhere from like the Byron area, um, 
down along the Rock River, all of the Rock Falls. So I would kind of go from Myron, widen it out to like Rochelle-ish, maybe, yeah. more like Ashton, and then to go up north towards like Mount Morris Forested, and then kind of come through down to like the Rock Falls, Morrison, Amboy, Boss. you know, so like that's kind of the region in terms of like if you were to draw like a, you know, oval around that area. That's you. That's Rock Falls and Byron is pretty much my two big, areas, my, my primary region. So Sauk Valley and then Rock Valley, which is the office that I work for. Um, the other reason I work for them is because Ms. Kirchner, who's a teacher at the yep. high school, she works for them. She's actually cousins with the Magic Broker. Got me in touch with her. I just thought she was really cool. They took care of me. They trained me, and they helped me a lot. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter what office you work for, uh, you know, who represents you. Now, obviously, I have to go to Oregon if I want to do anything in the office, but... Other than that, I mean, I can work from home and, you know, still work as a Rock Valley agent. So being in Dixon Sterling, it doesn't matter either way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rock Valley, South Valley, both of those are good. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's, I <laughs> got it, honestly. I was like, well, well that's something. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, and on that, hey, Jenny, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so Some much. Of us and yeah, guys, thanks, thanks very you. much. It was, a, it was a pleasure. Thanks for food. Yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> Alright, so you wanna cut us out? Let's cut us out. This has been the Miko. Here we go. Shoot podcast.